2: Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com.
0: You you feel this this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there.
3: I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You got to make some phone calls. Hang up the phone. Prank caller. Prank caller. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Packernet After Dark. This is the call-in show for the Packernet Podcast Network. It's the therapy hour. Call in. Get that sadness off your chest. Get that happiness off transferred to the people that are why don't we just get to the calls here i don't know what's going on um we're gonna kick this thing off with a uh new caller i'm just kidding it's not a new caller it's nate and i don't see any stars here so i don't think i have to do any editing i appreciate that nate thanks for not making me work man
4: hey ryan it's nate um hey. wanted to call because i think i have an answer to your rant question of why our fans don't seem to understand um when, when they're uh, very clearly saying what's going to happen and that they don't have any information, um, and why they don't believe it. I think it's because we're like owners of a team. So we kind of think that we deserve more information and, uh, and that we deserve to actually be making the decisions. So I think that's kind of why everybody's acting a little crazy because we are a, um, a fan-owned team. So the fact that we switched from majority wanting Rogers to the majority wanting him traded, um, that's kind of, uh, you know, majority rules. That's my theory.
3: Yeah, I mean, it, it It certainly seems to have a feeling of people wanting this to be true. Um, and, and that doesn't necessarily have to be, although there does seem to be a correlation between the people who are not a fan of Rodgers being the people that are, um, refusing to hear words properly. Um, but it could just be a matter of like, this is fun. This is exciting. This is interesting. Why are you being a wet blanket? Just let me, (laughs) My wife's favorite thing in the world, which drove me nuts when we first got together because, um, that doesn't make sense to me. It's, this is, this is what reality is and there's no other there is no other recourse. It's it's right, wrong, and nothing in between. And um, her thoughts once in a while are, it might be wrong, but I'd like to do it anyway, so please shut up. Just let me is her. So I, I, it was a point of contention for us. Now it's just something we laugh about, and I bring it up. Sometimes. I just let me, whatever. Ah, that kid is doing a just let me. That's it's your kid, ha ha ha. Um, but it feels like that's what people on Twitter are doing. Like, just let me, all right? Just let me believe it. Just let me, it's just, it. even the podcast tomorrow, and I don't even bring it up because I'm like, I'm, I'm sure everybody already knows, but Colin Coward is talking about how Adam Schefter, who I trust, and he throws that in there, I'm sure, because Adam Schefter is getting heat from people like me. Not, I mean, it's not even heat on him, but, and that's the thing. It's always like protect the media. I Who I trust, if you listen to, he was talking about the AFC thing. Listen to his words. He never even said, ever, that the Packers will not do this, that, or the other. He said, I don't see any way that they do it. It's his personal opinion that they wouldn't trade him within the NFC. That's it. But you got Colin Coward and everybody else reports from Schefter that they're not going to do that. Nope, Schefter didn't say that. Why is everybody refusing to understand? And, And Schefter is annoying because he should come out and say, no, 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 listen, listen, listen. I never said any, these are just my opinions. It's what Peter King did. But Schefter's entire reputation is having everybody talk about Adam Schefter and what Schefter said. He doesn't want to stop that. He wants to keep that going. And that's what's annoying is because I'm sitting here fighting like crazy over something that I shouldn't even have to do because everyone should just have the common sense to hear what they're saying. But no, I I'm doing this and Schefter's just sitting there watching it like, meh, I don't know. Uh no opinions here. I'm just I'm doing my own thing over here. Guy's a tool bag.
5: Ryan, I've been wondering, uh, after news broke about
6: Denver and uh the draft picks that they gave up to get uh Sean Payton as their new head coach. Kinda makes me wonder um what we could get for uh Joe Barry. Nothing. Um Maybe we could get a bag of uh, Tostitos no. nacho chips nope. or uh, maybe a transgender cat, perhaps. Yeah, maybe. But maybe uh, the market seems to be pretty thin when it comes to uh, what we could trade for him. So I'm still kind of holding out, uh, thinking that maybe something will happen because all these other teams that made the playoffs are firing coaches, firing Offensive and defensive coordinators and here we are have done nothing but stand pat. Uh, just makes me question them all the more because of last season's, uh, debacle when it came to promoting Keyshawn Nixon. Uh, it it just, we've talked this till we've uh, gotten blue in the face about how slow they are to, uh, you know, adjust and make decisions to promote people or, Fire people. Uh, the story is just getting older and older and older. And I'm just uh, just kind of wondering what is it really got to take. I, I, I'm beginning to think that Green Bay is cheap. I think uh, they got some of these guys on con- under contract, and uh, they don't want to pay these guys even though they don't work for them anymore. Um, I think that you know it goes back to when uh, they wouldn't hire uh, Lafleur's first pick for. Uh, special teams, they, it was too much money that he was wanting. Uh, so I'm beginning to think the Green Bay's a little cheap, and that's starting to rub me the wrong way a little bit. So uh, just curious what you think. I'm out.
3: Yeah, I, I, uh, I've been seeing that too, and, and uh, I'm kind of wondering, like, okay, maybe we don't need to get rid of anybody. I don't know that the offensive coordinator did a bad job, although it's hard to imagine he did a great job. I'm going to, I saw an article that's interesting that I'm going to look a little bit more into and maybe talk about it in a couple of days about the importance of, you know, an offensive coordinator and whatnot. Um, but, you know, I, I, I'm specifically with Joe Barry. I'm looking at it and I'm saying, okay, the defense wasn't good. There's really no way you can slice it to say that they were good because they weren't. Um. There was something else that I was looking at again. I'm just kind of skimming things. I didn't really dive too much into it, but it was Cynthia Freeland going through some things and looking at defense and just said, you know, they they massively underperformed expectations. She was talking about I was way off on my expectations, and it was at every level the defensive line, the linebackers, the defensive backs, everybody underwhelmed, everybody underperformed, um, and that there were splashes at times, but inconsistency and at the end of the year Joe Barry's defense ended where it always does like the you know 15th 18th 24th whatever his defenses are never good they've never been good and then at the end of the season you look at it and say man they they really got it together and maybe that's a thing maybe that's a trend that's never happened for Joe Barry before where they ended so strong maybe something serious is going on but yeah you start looking at you know a Jero Evero and some big name guys that are out there that maybe could be uh, approached and we're doing nothing. Offensive coordinator, same thing. There's a lot of guys, you know, including the guy that went to the Jets. Maybe he, maybe we did talk to him and he chose to go there. I don't know. But um, it takes a lot of trust to just say, no, nah, we're good. The only other thought I would have is that the Aaron Rodgers thing plays into this a little bit because whether or not we're blowing this up and moving in a new direction or staying pat and trying to run it back largely depends on what we're doing with Aaron Rodgers and we don't have an answer on that yet but if Aaron Rodgers doesn't come back that it would encourage you to want to be more aggressive in restarting this thing because there's you know what but if Rodgers comes back despite the how unlikely it would be you, you kind of want to keep things together and see if we can take another run at it and, and firing the offensive and defensive coordinator is not going to do that. And, and I think that would push Rodgers away as part of the reason why you don't want to do that. You fire the offensive coordinator, even if Rodgers doesn't necessarily care for him, and, and start over and fire the defensive coordinator and stay over and, and start over. You're talking about, you know, maybe in year two is when the defense starts to understand the scheme and all this stuff and we got to relearn the offense a little bit and do this and do that although the offense would largely be the same. But um, I just don't think you want to do that if you're trying to woo Rodgers to stay. And I do think that that's the case. I think the Packers, for some reason, I I don't understand uh, considering the contract, but just based on what they've said and everything else, I think that they do want to keep Rodgers. And and that would be the only other thought I'd have is blowing it up would um, be a bad look and a bad sales pitch to Rodgers. And maybe if we had known weeks ago a month ago whatever that rogers was going to leave maybe we would have gone in a different direction and maybe there will still be time but it is getting very very late to uh to start making changes
4: hey ryan i got a uh, edge rusher uh prospect for you to take a look at andre carter the second um don't know if you've looked at him yet but uh, everybody seems to really want an edge rusher and he's gonna be like a kind of a mid to late day two uh sorry, Brown two guy. So, um, I think he's looking pretty solid. He's got, he's got the, uh, the length, got the speed. Um, I think he's run runs like a four, six, but for his size and his size and what he's at, uh, that's pretty good. He runs about as fast as Rashawn uh, Gary does. So I think he's a good option. Go Beko.
3: Yeah. I have taken a very cursory look at Andre Carter, the second edge rusher out of army. Um, massive human being at six foot seven two hundred and sixty pounds uh pretty consistent three years there seventy two eighty three and seventy seven grade and one of the real big positives is his pass rush grade is his highest grade and it sounds like it's not that big of a deal but you'd be surprised how hard it is to find um guys that are that match that that criteria there's a lot of times where you'll look at it and they'll have great pass rush numbers but the the grades will be low and it's like well whatever I don't care as long as a the uh, production is there i'll just let it go but no he grades out really well um 70 93.4 in 2021 and then an 81 pass rush grade this year uh 23 pressures on 173 attempts most people look at it a- again if you don't have these stats and whatnot you look at the only ones you have and you look at his tackles and you look at his sacks and you say the dude had four sacks who cares but uh pff has him at a 13.3 pressure rate which isn't super high for college but Um, even if you look over at, uh, SIS, they have them at 17% pressure rate, 29th highest in, uh, college football among, and this would be, oh, we got to get rid of linebackers. Well, they do the, um, they do this stuff stupid. They don't have edge. They got defensive end and linebackers. So it's probably outside linebackers. But anyways, um, among guys that had a minimum of 20 pressures, he ranked 29th. I wouldn't say I'm massively in love with the guy. He's, he's, um... I don't even want to necessarily say powerful, but he he can be somewhat of a wrecker. I, I worry a little bit. He seems to be kind of small, actually. I mean, he's tall, but he really seems small. If you go look, Trevor Sickema has a uh have to dig around a little bit, but he's got a clip from the the senior bowl. He's going up against Dewan Jones, who, you know, might be the first tackle off the ball uh the board, but still, um, he just gets absolutely embarrassed. And then even if you look at him, his his legs are so skinny, his arms are so skinny. I mean, Dewan Jones is 6'8", 350, and he just grabs him and literally walks him off the field. So he's going up against some smaller competition. Some of these guys he's able to push around and run around, and he uses his long frame to kind of do some stuff. But um, I'm a little bit skeptical, just on a, a, a very cursory look about Andre Carter. His tackling sometimes in some of the games I watched were pretty suspect, even when he gets into the backfield. He gets his arm, I mean, he, he's running full speed at a running back. Runs into him and he just slips right through his arms. I mean, you can't have that. So I, I really think he's got to get his strength up. I mean, he's, again, he's six foot seven, two sixty. That's a a big frame, but I mean, just look at him. He looks skinny, and just looking through Twitter and whatnot, Jacob Infante, who's a Bears guy, said, "I'll admit that I was expecting more out of Andre Carter, both in this game and in the Senior Bowl practice. The tools. This is from an hour ago, so the Senior Bowl game must have just happened. The tools are insane with him. Super long and explosive athlete off the edge. Still." He's light in the pants and needs a better pass rush rushing plan that's showing today. So I, I I think he's potentially one of those high upside guys, but I I really think it's it's also a really it, it, it's high ceiling, really 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 low floor in my opinion. I feel like he at this point he's kind of a one trick pony. Somebody was even commenting on that about how you know if you really want to utilize him, you got to line him up real wide, and if you do that, you can you know it it, it helps him to get home or whatever. But how often can you realistically do that in the NFL? Just keep him way out wide. And he did that at, at uh, Army as well. So it is kind of funny. I mean, you, you'll find people on there that are that are talking about this guy is elite. I just saw, I think, 33rd team had him at 14th overall as the 14th best prospect. And then just a bunch of people trashing him. I'm like, what the heck are you talking about? So um, some teams are going to fall in love with him. Whether it's the Packers, I don't know. That's probably going to depend how athletic he is. Um, I know they watched... Guys at the Senior Bowl quite a bit last year. I think all all of our top picks: Christian Watson, uh, Quay Walker, Devontae Wyatt. These are all Senior Bowl guys. Romeo Dobbs, I think, was a Senior Bowl guy. Um, yeah, I mean, th- th- there's some really good reps here. If you just, I mean, just type his name into Twitter and you'll see a lot of this stuff. He's got some really good reps. He's real kind of twitchy and fast, which is surprising given his size. But um, yeah, the, the problem is strength. And when you get up against better competition, some of this slippery kind of speed stuff it's it's just not going to work tackles are way too fast and if you've got no power and maybe i'm overstating that but i'm just i'm not seeing them just take somebody and push them straight back um that's going to be kind of tough
5: hi ryan this is rich really appreciated the call in about um uh, where are they now uh when people started talking about the draft uh, i was thinking whoa 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 that's very premature. I was not ready for that, um, and, I, and I thought it was really cool to uh, look at some of our past players. Not so much to see if, like, we loused up letting them go, but you know, they were kind of like they're kind of like family, extended family, and to know what what happened to them. Uh, pretty curious about that. Even uh, you know, guys like Corey Lindsley and Brian Balaga, yeah. and uh, of course Jamal. He's always a favorite. He'll always be family the Packers would be good to know. And uh, especially was impressed to hear about Oren Burks. I used to joke with uh, another Packers buddy of mine that as Burks' season goes, so goes the Packers. (laughs) Um, You know, his number is 42, answer to the universe. And so, um, yeah, was really interested to hear that he did well. So that's it. Um, Glad to hear about him and not ready for the draft yet that's just
3: my two cents bye yeah i I understand rich some people it's like I don't talk to me about the draft until a week before the draft but you gotta understand the draft is a year round event like there 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 isn't a time that's too early for the draft there are people that are looking at twenty twenty four prospects at this by the time people actually like you start caring about this draft they've kind of gotten tired of it and are moving on to the next draft so and i'm 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 not at the farthest end of that spectrum, but I am, I am definitely a huge, it, it's just, it's its own entity. It's its own event. Um, it's a lot of fun. And as soon as the, the, the season ends for your team, it's exciting because now we can get into full draft mode is how people like me think. And so I'm always surprised when I get the response of, isn't it a little early? I'm like, dude, are you, are you kidding? We're way behind. I mean, the, there's so much work to do to learn about the prospects and, um, I mean, I I could talk nothing. We do have a a uh, draft um, podcast on the network. We've upped them to two podcasts a week because there's just so much. <laughs> there's so much to do um, as far as talking about prospects, talking about the draft, talking about the different teams, talking about the trade scenarios. I mean, we could do nothing but prospects from now until the draft, and we wouldn't cover everybody, and we certainly wouldn't cover anybody thoroughly. So. Um, we're not because that wouldn't be necessarily the most interesting thing in the world.'d be pretty boring, but um I mean for a Packers podcast that is for a draft podcast it would be fantastic but um but yeah we're uh we're 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 chunking along as best as we can here, and I'm sorry if you don't like the draft content, but we're we gotta i'm I'm failing even at that. I should be sticking to the doing a little bit of draft content every day, and i've just been been failing with my rants and raves about nonsense.
0: Hey Ryan, uh I had a thought of a bit of a conspiracy theory kinda. Yes. Um not even, I guess not really I shouldn't say that. But anyway, right, whatever. you know, Rogers isn't naive when it comes to the media and like he, he has a severe distrust of the media. So for him to suddenly act like he's believing these media reports, I just find it a little weird. I'm I'm thinking this is what's happening, honestly. Um, I think it makes most sense that the trade speculation comes out of the Rogers camp, like you said. So I'm thinking Rogers wants to be traded, but he doesn't want to be the guy that asks for a trade in Green Bay. So I, I think he's trying to uh he's spinning these stories, getting these stories out of the media about oh trade talks with the Jets and stuff like that, and then he's going to act like he believes them to be like he's slighted, and then that's why he's asking for a trade is because he wasn't wanted. And then you know he gets the trade he wants, and he makes it look like the Packers' fault, which I don't really care if it get, if it gets him traded. I'm honestly that's that's what I'm on boat on board for, so um I got no problem with it. But I think that's honestly what's happening. So, um, like I said, I mean he, he never believes any of the media stuff. So suddenly he's believing it. I don't know. Seems a little suspect. So I think I think it's all part of a grand conspiracy, and now maybe this is a time when we're like, oh we, you know Rogers. I don't think he's smarter than everybody, but I think he thinks he's smarter than everybody. And, you know, just I think this would be another way. He's, like, trying to outsmart the system and whatnot. So would not surprise me in the least. Uh, also, you were saying how you forget things and then, you know, don't talk about them. I say when you have one of these thoughts, you call into your own call-in show. I'd love to hear your <laughs> reaction to a thought you had and see, you know. Are you like, what was I talking about? Or that you know, would be weird. Maybe you're like, yeah, that was a good thing to bring up. I think I, I, I'd enjoy that personally. So I, I say you call in when you have these thoughts to your own show and you know, leave a voicemail that we can all go through together. Uh, go back, go.
3: I tell you what, I will try to remember to do that. If something pops into my head and I'm upstairs with the kids or whatever, I will call into the show and, and kind of let it go, just to see how that turns out because it sounds really weird, but that could be kind of funny. So as far as the conspiracy theory or whatever we're calling it, I don't know that I'm on board with that, but it does actually make a lot of sense depending on where you're at with certain things. So first of all, as far as him being skeptical of the media and whatnot, my my thought and understanding is he has a friend or a person who is relaying information to him, and he trusts that person who's telling him things. So the person is saying, hey, this is what's going on out there. I've been going through and reading through all the stuff, and I've got all the dirty little secrets, and here's what I'm hearing and all that stuff. And I think that that's what's going on. Um, we've seen that with Rogers talking about, you know, I've heard about this on social media. I've heard about that on social media. Um, even so much as Pat McAfee threw up a video of, uh, lights from social media. And he said, clearly that's a UFO. Like, come on, man. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry. I know we love to throw out like he's smarter, or he thinks he's smarter, or all that stuff, but I don't know. I think we overstate that a little bit. Um, I think uh, it's entirely possible that something gets thrown up and he immediately reacts to it and doesn't really think things through because, again, those were not UFOs. Those were, were lights, which I looked at it and said pretty immediately, yeah, those – they just, it just looks to me like that's those spotlight things. And then fortunately Clayton was actually there at the Botanical Gardens that had those lights and took videos of it. And he's like, oh, funny enough, I actually have a video of that. Um So yeah, I I don't really buy that in terms of it's impossible. I think it's entirely... Again, because he's very busy. He's not on social media. I don't think he's talking to the Packers. I don't think any of that stuff. I just think he's got somebody kind of keeping him abreast once in a while. of Like, hey, man, this is what's going on out there in the world. And he's just kind of talking with Pat. And he's like, yeah, I mean, apparently the Packers are talking to teams or something. I don't know. It's kind of weird. That's my thought. Anyways... In terms of what you're saying, I do think it makes sense. If there's a lot of people saying that this is two sides who want to part ways, but nobody wants to be the one that that breaks up. I don't know if that's true. Again, I think it makes the most sense, but it just doesn't feel like that's what the Packers are doing. But they're, they're probably just being very smart and not wanting to, again, not wanting to be the one saying that they're breaking up. In fact, this kind of happened last time where it seemed like it was a battle of who's in the right and who's in the wrong you know uh the the Rodgers is out there saying yeah I'm throwing a temper tantrum but it's because of the team and they do this and they do this and they do this and then the team's just like you know the the you ever see when when people get into a fight and sometimes you'll you'll watch it and one person's being hysterical and the other person's being perfectly calm and um sometimes the hysterical person is just crazy and the person being calm, you look at him and it's like, dude, I'm so sorry. You know, like, I don't know, man. She's just kind of flying off the handles or whatever. But sometimes that dude is kind of just a D bag and he's playing it cool. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. And she's like, Are you kidding me? You did this. Da, 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 da. And it's like, Oh, no. You know, I'm, and you're being super nice. Like, Oh, she's just having some issues right now. You know, just we'll let her. In other words, either Rodgers just flew off the handle and the Packers didn't really do anything wrong or the Packers, he's right about all this stuff and they're just kind of playing it cool and like, Oh, we love Rodgers and we want him here. And I'm sorry that he's upset. You know, it's, it's too bad that, that he's having these problems. They're kind of going through that again from a PR standpoint, which doesn't, I mean, it, maybe it's happening. Maybe it's not. I don't know, but you're getting that vibe a little bit where there's this separation and this tension. And, you know, now, now you're getting those games being played where Rodgers is like, oh, it turns out that they're trying to push me away. What's up with that? But, you know, whatever. I'm, I'm, I'm fine. Because Rodgers just never said he wants to go anywhere else. And the Packers have never said they want anything but Rodgers to come back. So it's almost like they're digging for ways to sound like they really want to be the one that stays there. And that's where the whole Pat McAfee thing comes in, where Rodgers is like, oh, no, no, no. It's got to be mutual. It's got to be mutual because they don't want to be the one to say, I left. Or the Packers don't want to be the one to say we kicked them out of here, but they both want to separate. So yeah, it, it could be games. Might be that their Rogers is is putting out a little gamesmanship. I wonder what the Packers could do from their side from that perspective. I mean, I guess you just do the exact same thing. You you, you try to spread rumors that Rodgers, his agent, has been calling other teams and whatnot. I don't know, but yeah, I could see that. I'm not again. I'm not sure that that's exactly what's happening. I think uh, Rogers is just kind of shooting from the hip.
2: Hey, it's Jimmy.
3: Um, Hey, Aaron, number two. I had to pause your um, your Jordan
2: Love, your diatribe in defense of Jordan Love to call in and and give my thoughts. Um, I'm not going to, you know, pull any receipts. That's not the kind of thing I do. But I have – I want to just say that, like, dude, I have been saying for quite a while – That we should, uh, that we could have something here and that this is following precisely in the footsteps of the Rogers model. And how incredible would it be? How crazy would it be if it worked out? And as this season has worn on and as Rogers career has worn on, um, it only makes sense. It only makes sense. And. This was the plan a couple of years ago, theoretically, except that Rodgers had a couple of MVP seasons, which in the end, um, honestly, here's the real thing. All right. This is my conspiracy theory. Let's do it. Let's get weird. They have, the Packers and Gutekunst, have ridden this MVP seasons to the maximum value for Rodgers. And, and hear me out. Okay. Even though this last season wasn't any good, what if, hear me out, yep. what if they played this perfectly? What if they kept Rodgers in the whole time? We didn't get to see Jordan Love. That's unfortunate for us, for the rest of the NFL fans and everybody in terms of like how solid we feel. What do they know? What does they know and they are maxing out the Rogers trade value right. by not expressing because any, we need him by, by keeping Jordan love a beautiful mystery right. uh, for everybody.
3: Because well, I'll, I'll let you say, it, but it's like, I figured out the ending of the story and I want to,
2: because if we all knew, if everybody knew right. Jordan love was going to be great because he played half a season. We don't
3: need Rodgers. And he
2: played like he did in the Kansas city game. Then, everybody would know that Aaron Rodgers is more, is expendable yep. at this point. But because Jordan Love hasn't played for the world and Rodgers has, is still, you know, touted as, no, we love the guy. We love the guy. We want him back. He's an MVP quarterback. He'll always be an MVP quarterback. He's a four time MVP quarterback. Maximum trade value. Right. Anyway, that's my theory. If you agree, give me a Jimmy. Bye.
3: Not going to do that, but I love the conspiracy theory. Um, Again, I'm not. I'm not saying I I I buy it entirely as reality, but it's really fun to think about. You know, it, just just going in line with all the other stuff we've talked about, how they will they refuse to ever say Rodgers did anything wrong, right? Uh, we didn't get to see Jordan Love, and the and the few times we did, because we had to, because Rodgers was injured, he looked really good. Here, here's let me take the conspiracy theory one step further. Rodgers seems to know, um he's on the way out and he keeps talking about how he he has a feeling the team wants to move on i wonder what that we and everybody's like what is that feeling what conversation did they have that makes him think he's not going to be there what is this weird thing that Rodgers has in which he's like i gotta you know I, I i don't think they want me here anymore because the packers have never said it they've never expressed it certainly publicly why is it I wonder if Rodgers specifically saw that massive jump from Jordan Love. And he knows that his contract is not appealing. He knows that um, his career is winding down. He knows he didn't have a very good year. He knows that you know he's a short-term option. He knows that his contract has made it so that trading him this year makes the most sense. He fully understands that. And that it's it's too burdensome for him to play. And on top of that, he knows that Jordan Love is a young talented quarterback who took a massive third-year leap. And he can see it in Goodukan's eyes when when you know he looks over at him as Jordan Love is throwing and he just sees his eyes light up and he sees the way that that uh, Matt LaFleur is talking to him and talking about him and how excited all the players are about Jordan Love and maybe he just knows. It wasn't a conversation. Goodukan's never sat him down and was like, "Yeah, so uh Don't really want you so much, you know? He kind of, kind of, kind of getting tired of this whole thing. I don't know about you. You getting tired of this? I'm getting tired of this. That never happened. What was that thing that caused Rodgers to feel like he's not welcome there anymore? Maybe it wasn't a conversation with anybody in the organization. Maybe he just knows and can tell that this team is ready to move on without him. There you go. I think we got it jimmy jimmy no i'm not doing it um why don't we go ahead and take a little break we got a lot of nate a little bit of garrett and omar the firefighter coming up on the other side of the break please remember patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy if you'd like to support the podcast you can also support me on venmo at packernet podcast and please remember to check out fertile ground ranch discipleship ministry you can find them at fertilegroundranch.org we'll be right back
4: The state. Hey, Ryan, it's Nate. Hey. Just wanted to call to see if uh, you've been doing too many mock drafts lately. No. I've definitely been hitting the mock drafts. And, man, I after you told me <laughs> that PSF had that player trade option, yeah. started doing that, and it has me just so excited. I was doing, like, Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Jones <laughs> trades just to get a, just a ton of picks. and Man, the players I was getting, like, just insane. I was getting, like, Jordan Battle. And Chris Smith, um, right. like two two of the top safeties, um, just to really address that position. And it was like second round, I could get Chris Smith. And I don't think that's happened. Just want to see what uh, what your mock drafts have been like. Um, what kind of players are you getting, um, and how accurate do you think uh, any of them are? Go Petco.
3: So I haven't I haven't done a mock draft in a while. I mean, it's been over a week for sure. Um, I probably should get back to it again. I really like doing first-round mock drafts. I feel like once you get too far down, we're just getting way too far into the weeds and just kind of being silly. Um, but its I, I guess it's something to do. Uh, you could do first and second just to kind of see how things pan out. But it's just, it's just kind of good, and, and especially with the Packers picking earlier because obviously there's less variables to get to 15 than to get to 28. So you kind of get a better picture of how things are going. Got to keep your ear to the ground for other teams and what they're going to be doing. And um, I do need to spend more time doing that. Maybe I'll do that tonight if I have any time just to kind of get some thoughts and we can express that on the podcast. Uh, Again, tomorrow's podcast is already done, but maybe the day after, which I think will be the Monday podcast. So that would work out Mock Draft Monday. That's what we'll do. I hate to cramp the style of our already draft podcast, but sometimes got to get your freak on. Uh, Omar, what's going on, man?
1: Hey, what's up, y'all? Just, uh, Omar, firefighter. Uh, just calling. Um, it's been a minute. Hope everybody doing well. Uh, I did want to touch on something I can't remember. I think a, I might have said it in one of the times where you had it was like so backed up you didn't play all the calls. Yeah. But um, I think a uh, couple things. One, I think. You know, a lot of people was mad that nobody threw Aaron Rodgers under the bus. But I was thinking they were doing that to not mess up his trade, guys. Yep. So if the manager said, yeah, Rodgers played badly, poorly, or whatever, then it might be hurting his value. So they make it seem like everybody else was the problem or fault. And they go, like, okay, all right. So Aaron Rodgers' numbers were bad because receivers didn't do what they were supposed to do in you know, the old line. You know, so people that might be dumb might be like, or wasn't 100 on Rodgers, so I'm hoping that's the case, and that they really would throw them
3: under the bus if they won't try to trade them. Um The other thing is, all right. So as I'm as I'm listening to all this and and thinking it through, the, the biggest problem I always had with this is, come on, do we really think that there was an order from above sent down that? you know, uh, whether it's for, let's say it's Mark Murphy to Gudikunz and Gudikunz to the rest of the staff and down to the, all the coaches and, and the directive to them was, and this is not to be expressed to the players, you shall not talk ill of Aaron Rodgers because we need to preserve his trade value, no matter what, and no matter what the questions are, The issues are never Aaron Rodgers, it's somebody else, and feel free to throw yourself and me and the other players under the bus, but never talk ill of Aaron Rodgers. And it just seemed way too far-fetched. But if you think about it, the value that they can get for Aaron Rodgers, we're talking about, I mean, just picture like the most pristine quarter million dollar car that you've always dreamed of that someday you're going to drive, although you know you're never going to drive it, right? And it's like, what they're saying is, no matter what, nobody touches this freaking thing, nobody puts goes inside it with their dirty feet, and sure as heck, nobody drives it. We have to preserve the value, because we're going to get a freaking haul for this, and we can't mess this up. So we're not, in the last weeks, going to des- destroy the value of this thing By going out and doing burnouts in the freaking driveway to appease the media because they want to attack Aaron Rodgers and we're going to pile on him like, yeah, he's playing like crap. We got to figure that out. We're not doing that. It seems far-fetched that they would go to that extent to tell all the coaches, do not talk ill of Aaron Rodgers. And it's really hard to believe that that would be a thing that anybody would do. But when you look at it from the other perspective, we have this gem, this rare opportunity to trade a back-to-back MVP and get a haul for him to really set this thing in motion, to really start this league on fire with this new Packers squad, with this quarterback that we know that we really like. Again, it's far-fetched, but at the same time, you could kind of see it a little bit. I'm sure
1: I'm late on this, and y'all probably already saw, probably had calls about it, that I saw that the Jets... Um, not the Jets, the Raiders, even though Devontae's pushing super hard, that the Raiders, that they were going to give up a lot of assets for one player, Um, something like that. Uh, So I don't know if that takes them out or if they're kind of bluffing so they can maybe get Rogers cheaper. I don't know. But they got a lot of picks and a lot of cap space. So I don't see why they wouldn't try to go all in for him. But at the end of the day, it is what it is. Right, I hope everything's going
3: good. Oh, also got a record. Hold on, real quick. On that thought, I, I I talk about this a little bit on tomorrow's podcast when I mentioned Miami. Uh, actually, uh, Colin Coward brought it up, but Miami has a potential trade target uh, for Aaron Rodgers. The biggest issue being they don't even have a first-round pick. Now, it could be a next year's first or whatever, but the, the point that I came to is all we need is for them to be involved in the trade discussions. All we need are a lot of teams so that the value just goes up, 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 up. Even if the Raiders are posturing and pretending to be super interested, that's a benefit to us. And it's a mutually beneficial arrangement for the Raiders and Packers to pretend for everybody that the Raiders are going in heavy. Why? The Packers want everybody to believe the Raiders are going in real heavy. Because it raises the price for other teams, and the Raiders want to pretend that they're going in heavy for Rodgers because they want to play it off for Devontae and everybody else that they're trying really hard and that they believe in this team. And then when it doesn't pan out, like ah oh, man, we tried so hard, but I don't know, it's just one of those crazy things, man. All we need is for them to 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 pretend or to be semi interested. We're not, we don't need to know the 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 value. Like they offered a third round conditional pick. Okay. Well, we're not gonna publish what that offer was. We're just gonna say the Raiders are on the other line and they've made a very appealing offer. So, um are these two first round picks from the Jets? Is that your best offer? Because the Raiders are uh they're 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 offering something similar and as you know they have higher picks. So I uh, you know, we 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 gotta go back to them and, and talk about it. Are you sure the two firsts are all you can do? A third, no. Uh, how about a fourth? Yeah, we'll take two firsts and a fourth. Yes, I know a third is better than a fourth, but just shut your mouth. We will take two firsts and a fourth. Thank you very much. Okay, pleasure doing business. Bye. I Love you.
1: um for a show. It's called Invincible on Prime. You uh, the boys was too rough for you or rowdy, so this one is it's a uh, animated show, but it's like uh, not really an adult animation. Kind of like maybe like. Teenager, in a, you know, a lot of action, comedy, it's funny. Um, it got, uh, I don't know if you ever walked the walking dead, but basically, Glenn from the walking dead is the voice actor for the main character. It's about like a teenager getting superpowers and finding out that he's invincible, keyword, name of the show. Um, but it's a great, funny show that you'll enjoy. It's more like, a I I guess, a easier version. Of, of the boys, because so they're both kind of like, like hardcore, but it's not that bad, or over top, <laughs> for some people. I'm all right, well, hope y'all can hear me, I'm on my uh, song, I each you so I don't know if y'all can hear but if you like, know, I can rub my shirt right now, y'all can probably hear that. All right, go pack, go. Everybody, everybody, hope everybody's good.
3: Yeah, appreciate it, Omar. I'm um, not sure if I can do animated, but I will... Uh... I will try. I got it up right now, and we'll see. We'll see how she goes. I'm I'm pretty skeptical.
1: Oh yeah, I actually called back. I wanted to give you a little bit more. All right. Uh, question or number question being that I ain't, uh, call in a minute, so hopefully it'll make up for it and show out some as well. Right now, I know you didn't go through all your, uh, you know, scouting and everything. But right now, give me your. If everything failed perfectly three prospects Man. or if we just had our draft picks now. I know extra ones from a trade, but let's say I still think we're gonna trade Rogers. So I you know, let's say you get uh one first, uh have two second rounds and then your third round pick. So give me like three or four prospects you would love to draft. Like if it was the first one, I know basically you don't know who'll be available. But if everybody, your top 15 players, basically, and you know who have a opportunity to be around 15, one that you think will be at 15, one that you don't think will be at 15 that you would love to follow, you know, give me a little, give us a little extra people to scout and watch YouTube videos of so, until, um, you know, up for the draft. I might even do a real big one when it gets closer, but just let this be like your pre-scouting and then you'll have another one later on when you finish scouting and then do something like that all right thanks appreciate it or like definitely like positions and players so and you can say this would be the position i would want and then this would be the uh you know player i would want to fall to us or whatever the case all right talk to you later. Bye.
3: man you guys are really i i, I think tomorrow is going to be uh all in on the draft day um you guys are getting to that point where the expectation is I need to know this stuff, and I should. First and second round, I should have it pretty locked down. I've looked at most of these guys so far. Um, I'm just really struggling to... um, I'm not all the way in on a lot of these guys. I will say just off the cuff, um, Brian Brzee I do like. It's not like over the moon, can't get enough, but I, I did dive into them, I am a fan. I'm not a fan of the wide receivers. Uh, I fully acknowledge that there's a good chance that one of these guys, two of these guys, maybe all three are going to be superstars and we're going to hear you guys are idiots for not believing in them. But I can't get behind Quentin Johnston at all. Jordan Addison is decent, but it's not the type of like, you know, if it was last year when we were picking top 15, we it, it would be awesome. This year, I just, I don't know. Um, And then Jackson Smith and Jigba, that's kind of the biggest one where, you know, I think high ceiling, low floor in terms of is he actually Amon Ross St. Brown, which is the comp that a lot of people have. Um, I do like the tackles. I haven't watched them a ton, but I just like the big physical mauling types. And that's kind of what you're talking about. Um, You got Peter Skaronsky right there. I really like Broderick Jones, even though he's like falling down the boards, he's kind of late first. Um, Current consensus is uh, 23rd, but, you know, that just that massive mauling wingspan, just crushing people, but Skoronsky just a mean, mad, violent dude, I like that. Um, I'm really torn on Michael Mayer. One of the things that I wanted to talk about at a later time, but one of the things to really strongly consider is, I think we're focusing too much on... You know, we're we're losing a bunch of tight ends and we need a really good tight end. And so we're focusing on the the top end. But I think this could be a draft. You know, every year it seems like we go multiple at a position, you know, whether it's offensive line or wide receiver or running back when we did the three running back year or uh, the three wide receiver year, which we did this year. We did it the year we got MBS and Equinemius and Jamon. Um, maybe this could be like a two, three tight end draft. You know what I mean? And it doesn't have to be Michael Mayer here. It could be a uh, – maybe you get a guy in the second round, which, by the way, I think I might be all the way in on Darnell Washington, especially considering he's considered a second-round uh guy. I'm not all the way in on him, but I think I'm more excited about, for example, Darnell Washington in the second, and he may not fall all the way to us, but I think if you talk about Darnell Washington in the second or Michael Mayer in the first, I think I might like Darnell Washington a little bit more. Um I get excited about Jalen Hyatt. I shouldn't because it kind of breaks my own rule of just liking a guy because he's fast and that being stupid, and it doesn't mean you're going to be a good wide receiver. But, you know, seeing what speed is doing in the NFL right now, seeing what Christian Watson did with his speed, um, what Miami is doing with just pure speed, uh, it's hard to not fall in love with just that level of potential, you know. So... And and then obviously, you know, my draft crush right now is Bijan Robinson, and that's probably not the right thing to do. But I really do like the guy. You know, like, what, what what if, let's just say we did trade Rodgers and we did get a first this year for him, and we end up getting Peter Skaronsky and then followed up with Bijan Robinson? And, you know, we've got a big, mauling-looking offensive line. You know, Bakhtiari at left tackle, Skoronsky at right tackle, Elton at left guard. Not super sold on center and right guard, but just getting some absolute road graders and then, you know, follow that up in the second round with you can even trade up, get rid of that stupid third round pick, trade up and get Darnell Washington. He can help come in and block. And just freaking smash people, man. Then you got Jordan Love, who's working with uh, you know, Darnell Washington and Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson. I will also say the one guy that I, I um really do like when I was going through and looking at safeties, I was kind of disappointed with a lot of the safeties. Um, Brian Branch is probably a phenomenal pick. I mean, if you look at the numbers and everything, he's phenomenal. Um, Top end tackler. I just didn't really, he just didn't have what I wanted. You know, for all this stuff, and this is why I'm not a scout, I, I just have preferences for everything. And certain guys just fit the mold of what I like. And as good of a tackler as Brian Branch might be, he lacks that sort of aggression. And yes, if you watch his highlight videos, he's hitting people hard sometimes. That's not the point. You watch him on a play-to-play basis, there's just a certain mentality of, I'm going to kill every single person that touches a football. And I watched Brian Branch, and I didn't see it. And I watched Antonio Johnson, and I didn't see it. And I watched Jordan Battle, and I didn't see it. And then I turned on Chris Smith from Georgia, and that dude did everything I wanted a safety to do. So I am officially a Chris Smith fan. But I'll tell you what, tomorrow is going to be draft day. I am going to dedicate a lot of time to watching prospects. Maybe we'll make a thing out of it. You know what I mean? We can do a thing on uh, whether it be Patreon or just YouTube. I'm not really sure, but maybe we can kind of have a little watch party. It would be kind of fun to stream, and you guys could give your opinions also on what we're watching. The thing is I cannot do it on YouTube. I would have to do it maybe on Twitter. I don't know if Twitter would shut me down. YouTube would ban my account because I'd want to watch all 22 and I tried that once. I and, and I wasn't even uploading it to YouTube. I was trying to put it on Patreon. I was just gonna have YouTube host it, but I never even made it public. And within like five seconds, they were able to identify it with their systems that they have in place. And um they, they they gave me my first official strike. You can post NFL stuff on there and they're just like, All right, well, you know, you can't monetize this, but it's fine, we'll we'll just pay the people that are, you know, we'll give you the money to the you earn to the NFL or whatever. But you put up all 22 on YouTube, and in five seconds, your channel is threatened to be removed from YouTube forever. So we'll figure it out. Again, maybe we'll put it on Twitter. I see that you can monetize on Twitter now. i got to figure out how to do that. I see Elon said you have to get a uh, blue account, which I'd be willing to do if I knew that that's all you had to do. But I'm sure I'm going to do it, and then they're going to be like, you don't qualify. He's like, okay, we'll give my freaking money back. The guy brags about it, and then he doesn't tell you how to do it. I have no idea. I don't know, man. We'll figure it out. Uh, let's do one more from Garrett.
6: Hey, Ryan. Uh, it's icy and cold here in Southern Illinois today. Uh, but that is not keeping me from my appointed rounds. Uh, because today is National Mailman Day. Ayo. So I just wanted to wish my bro up in Northern Illinois, Brian, uh, happy Mailman's Day to you too. Yes. Um, but I just wanted to say, uh, the podcast, I appreciate it. Um... And every day, getting to express what we're thinking. I know all the other callers, especially guys like Chris and Miko and Jersey Mike and Steve from Alaska, which uh, I think the reason why his calls didn't uh, quite come through was that Balloon might have been passing over him at that point. Um, but we all appreciate what you do, Ryan. It's a time to uh, put together the show. Um, I can't express how much it means to me, and I definitely make it a priority to uh, call into the show and uh, tell you what I'm thinking. So I got to get back to uh, misdelivering parcels. So I got to (laughs) go. Have a great weekend.
3: All right. Mm -hmm. Well, a promise is a promise. I appreciate you, Garrett, and all the callers. And I'm glad you guys are enjoying this. And um, that's it. I got some uh, scouting to do. You guys have a great night. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye-bye. (laughs) Bye-bye.